Welcome to the College Football Bros. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. Auburn has fired Brian Harson. We were all shocked and yes. We're just we're still mm. I mean I Where were you? Where were you when Brian Harson was fired? Where were you actually? Do you remember where you were when you saw the news? <laughs> I do not because it was so unremarkable. I can't even think uh, yeah, of it was. where I was. No. Yeah, I've been waiting for it every week so I can tell <laughs> what you. What day was it? <laughs> Don't even know. Yeah, can't even. Can't even know. <laughs> a few days ago. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, let's talk about it though. What are your thoughts on his tenure, firing, yeah. and maybe a few some candidates? We're gonna have a YouTube video uh, discussing this, so be sure to check that out. But some brief thoughts here. Yeah, I mean, we it's been well documented just how odd of a fit it was, and it just from the get go never really seemed like it had it had a chance. Um, it just they they went with an outsider. Uh, and it really wasn't received well. Recruiting didn't start off on the right foot. And then, like, just in their first year, they they finished the year losing five in a row. Booster try, boosters tried to oust him. There was unrest. You know, then they had turnover on the roster, and they finished ninth in the SEC in recruiting. And then now Auburn you know, this season, they've just been beaten pretty handily most weeks. Lost five of six. And we, like we said, it's just been a matter of of if not win, or, or sorry, win not if. Yeah. Um, the, every week for the for this season so they they finally pulled the trigger and then i don't know you guys can touch on a few candidates yeah I, well i just thought it was just a terrible hire to begin with and i it just seemed like what is it was just didn't fit i, I don't i didn't understand it from the get-go uh that's just me i don't know just they were horrible anyways candidates uh lane lane train gotta go with lane kiffin as it's got to be a first call, I think. Yeah, you got to take a shot and give it your best to uh, give it your best and see what he says. Make him turn you down first before you move on to somebody else, right? Um, Michael's been liking this guy, Deion Sanders. I mean, I think everybody does. Yeah. But yeah. Why not go for him, though? I mean, if, assuming Lane doesn't take it. Like, Deion Sanders, dude, he's done a great job at Jackson State. I know it's Jackson State, but... He's still proven he's a good coach, at least somewhere. Um, recruiting would have to take off, you would think. Uh, you would think he'd be able to get Auburn back into the top 10-ish pretty much all the time. Um, I don't know. Maybe he brings his kid, good quarterback. Yeah. Go for Dion. He's, he's my second favorite option among the mm-hmm. kind of realistic options that are out there. He's my second yeah. favorite. We uh, we go into a lot more on the in the YouTube video, so check that out. We'll We'll plug that. Uh, but let's get to our week nine takeaways. Trey, what'd you, what'd you see last weekend? Uh, the first takeaway is Ohio State and in particular Sean Clifford. Um, I just I can't even imagine being a Penn State fan enduring the, the Sean Clifford experience. I mean, he makes some great plays, but you're just waiting for his backbreaking mistake. And sure enough, he had a couple early turnovers, but he, then his good play came out. He led them back, takes the lead over the Buckeyes in the fourth quarter after some big throws to Parker Washington. But the best player on the field Saturday was JT Tui Malau on Ohio State. He picked Cl- Clifford off early, but then in crunch time, when Clifford tends to collapse, Tui Malau sacked him, forced a fumble, recovered it, and then for a grand finale, Clifford throws a pick to him. He returns it for a pick six. So 
So that's Clifford in a nutshell. But Ohio State, their defense, they gave up some big plays, but it really actually won them the game Saturday, and it set up the offense in, in some good spots. Not dominant this year, but but last year's defense, I don't think, would have been able to do what it did against Penn State and pull out that win. Yeah, they, they came up big for sure. Um, all right, my next takeaway, Kansas State has kind of an interesting situation at quarterback. They yeah. crushed <laughs> Oklahoma State this past weekend, 48 to nothing, one of the more surprising scores of the year. And Will Howard has been filling in pretty well for the injured Adrian Martinez. He's, of course, not nearly the runner that Adrian is, but so far he's been a much better passer, been able to open up um, some explosive plays in the passing game, which were just non-existent. Uh, when when Adrian was quarterback so I wonder you know if if Adrian's healthy does he immediately get every snap or just you know do they play both do they just stick with yeah yeah with Howard until he starts struggling I don't know I I'm just I'm curious to see what they do there yeah I know that's um an interesting predicament if I was them I'd just go Will Howard and then maybe sprinkle in some some plays for Adrian because he obviously brings a nice dimension yeah I think Will Howard would at this point would be my primary guy. Um, it's been playing awesome. All right. Anyways, let's move on. My, my, uh, first takeaway, I'm going to talk about, uh, North Carolina, but in particular, Drake may, uh, the quarterback there, he's got them sitting at seven and one, their only losses to Notre Dame. They've won four games in a row now. And, you know, all four of those wins came against their coastal division rivals, uh, and the ACC. So they, they've got that, that division essentially locked up. It's not like official yet, but, I mean, it would be an astronomical upset if they if they did not win that division. So they're you know going to go up against Clemson most likely again for the uh, for the ACC title game. Um, and it just kind of rewind your your brain a little bit and think like, okay, where where, where were they at the end of last year? They finished six and seven. Um, they're going to lose Sam Howell at quarterback and a couple other playmakers. The defense is terrible. It's like, man, is this ever going to you know? I thought Mac Brown he had brought some excitement and then it just kind of seemed like it was fizzling fizzling out and but drake may has like changed the whole narrative on them he's played better than sam howell their defense still isn't very good but there's you know they won a game 63 61 against app state but they're seven one because he's been so amazing he's tied for first in the country with for passing touchdowns top five and most other passing stats i don't think he's getting enough credit nationally he's been insane yeah all right next one I got to go with, uh, I got to talk about Lane Kiffin, the king of troll. You know, after their, um, their, their, after their win in his on-field interview, he said maybe Jimbo has a Joker outfit for him. And that's, that's you know, referring to Jimbo calling Saban and Kiffin uh, with their clown acts in, in the offseason. And so Kiffin, man, he just has the best quips, especially even on Twitter. Uh, but Jimbo, man, he keeps digging a bigger hole. They fell to three and five, losing to Ole Miss at home. Gives up over 500 yards with Judkins rushing for uh, 205, and that's been AM's calling card is is the defense to at least keep them alive. But it's shocking. But they have to win three of their final four to go bowling. Now they they'll have a win against UMass, but they need to win two against Maybe. Florida at Auburn. And LSU, Ryan, they're going to beat you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but but Florida at Auburn and LSU, they got to win two of those. And and then on the other side, Ole Miss getting that win now gets them to eight and one, and it sets up a huge game for them at home next week against Alabama. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, Ryan, you brought up a, a 
an ACC quarterback that's doing great. And I've got another one who was doing great until Saturday. Sam Hartman for Wake Forest Oof. had maybe the worst quarter in college football history. It's got to be up there. <laughs> uh, Wake Forest lost 48-21 to Louisville. He had six turnovers in the third quarter. Three interceptions, three fumbles. Two of the interceptions were pick sixes. And that's just it's unbelievable he he's done that a couple times not to that extent but he'll just kind of blow up in a in a game yeah. uh here and there and so oklahoma state had six turnovers in one quarter in the 2010 cotton bowl uh against ole miss i think it was uh, maybe i have that backwards um oklahoma trying to remember state, oklahoma state cotton bowl oof man i want to but other than that, I'm not Whoa. aware of one no. player because that, that was not one player turning it over six times. That was a team. I That's insane, though. I can't imagine. I can't. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Maybe sometime Oklahoma in college football history, but I haven't seen any evidence that someone has turned it over six times in one quarter. What would you say, no. Trey? It was it was Oklahoma State Ole Miss. And Oklahoma I, I, I can't see that. I can't. See, well, I know I see Ole Miss won 21 to 7. Yeah, then it was probably Oklahoma State that turned it over six times yeah. in one quarter. Yeah, not good. Because I think it was, I'm trying to remember the quarterback for Oklahoma State at the time. Um, Zach Robinson? Or is that too late for him? It's possible. Anyways, all right. Uh, are you done with that yet, Michael? Or, uh... I'm done, but well, we got to <laughs> well, look up this quarterback. Okay. Trey, we are. Uh, but it's also amazing that that game, um, or what we, we just talked about last week, because Louisville had forced eight turnovers just in the second half against wake and we were just talking about that last week right on the trivia zone or something louisville forced wake into eight turnovers in the second half alone yeah that's pretty bad what are we looking up right now guys i don't i'm not trying even... to find the quarterback <laughs> in that cotton okay. bowl right is, uh, is trey looking it up well i i've I Felt like trey was looking up something different i'm i'm, I'm almost oh, there I'm, well, I, I was looking up i'm almost there i was looking up that cotton bowl Zach Robinson. Very good, Ryan. Yeah, baby. All right. <laughs> cool. All right. Can I move on? I think so. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Uh, Tennessee. Got to got to touch on them. The number one team in the country. Uh, they solidified it uh, this past weekend by just completely dominating Kentucky 44-6. I mean, Kentucky was a decent team, man. When What they did to them was just crazy. Hennon Hooker was his usual self, Heisman level play from him once again. They ran the ball for 177 yards, three touchdowns. So awesome play by the offense, no surprise. Um, but the story of the game was their defense. I mean, just making Kentucky's offense look like a bunch of chumps. Will Levis had a terrible game through 27 times for just 98 yards, um, three interceptions. Couldn't get anything going on the ground. They just rushed for three yards per carry. And this was with Kentucky's like kind of top guys back. I mean, it wasn't just like they were missing a bunch of dudes. It was it was Rodriguez, Javion Robinson, Will Levis. I mean, they they had some guys back. So this was a, a, a elite performance from Tennessee, and it's kind of taken me a while to kind of believe it. But Tennessee is a legit national title threat. You know, it's like you can say that with confidence now. I was always reluctant mm-hmm. to kind of go on that, even after there's some nice performances. But I'm on board now. They can do it. Yeah, they. They have All a real right. shot. My next takeaway, I'm going to give some love to the Mountain West. Um, it's starting to take shape. The top two in each division won on Saturday and setting up for a pretty exciting finish. In the West, there was some craziness this week. So first off, San Jose State was a big favorite over to Nevada, 
but they had to rally, and it was it was cool that they won at home, given that they were honoring the death of uh, the freshman Camden McWright. It was a, a nice scene there. And then the other top team, Fresno State, won an improbable game against San Diego State, who who would have been the division leader. Jake Hayner came back after missing a month. He threw two picks in the end zone in the second half, but somehow they still had a chance. They were down 28-17. They scored with one minute left to cut it to three. They recover the onside kick. First play, they throw a 37-yard touchdown to win. So they scored two touchdowns in 13 seconds. And now they control their destiny in that division. It's crazy. That's nuts. Um, and Insane then in the game. Boise. Sorry, just to add on to that that San Diego State game. So Rufus Peabody, a, a professional batter, tweeted that the, the best performance in a losing effort this past weekend was San Diego State, which despite losing by four, graded out as 33 points better than Fresno State when controlling for strength of opponent and home field. That's That's insane. Wow. I yeah, because I game. saw like Fresno missed a field goal. I mean, so many things, and they still overcame it. Unbelievable. Um, but just to wrap up in the Mountain Division, Boise State, they're looking like their old self again, now won four in a row, but it looks like they're on a collision course with Wyoming in Laramie in a few weeks and what might end up deciding that division. Okay, my final takeaway is I, I was looking at the Heisman odds and just thinking like this seems to be – a very good year for elite quarterback play. CJ Stroud and I Bryce the Young same thing. Yeah. were, you know, the two Heisman favorites going into the year and they're playing great. Hendon Hooker, of course, having an insane season. He's now the the odds on favorite, I think, at most places. Uh Drake May has been Ryan, you brought up as good as anybody yeah. in the country. Caleb Williams, twenty seven touchdowns and only one turnover. USC's offense has only turned over once all season. Just insane. That's crazy. That's incredible. Uh, Eight yeah. games, right? That's in, crazy. Yeah, crazy. Max Duggan at TCU has been great. Bo Nix at Oregon. Cam Rising, Utah, DTR, UCLA. It just goes on and on. Michael There's, Penix has been pretty damn good at yeah, Washington. Penix, yeah. There's five or six guys this year that I think in some years would be the Heisman favorite. Yeah, I, I'm with you. And I was kind of also looking at it like in the fact that it is there is no chance for anybody other than a quarterback to to win it. Like, like Coram? Nobody's like got Coram? a chance. I, I okay maybe maybe but that's okay I, I, he's probably the the guy that has the best chance out of everything but i i don't see it i think it's got to be a qb mm-hmm. like this late in the at this it's not like incredibly late in the year like other years it seems like there's you know there's a position player other than qb that's got a shot but i don't know this year it just seems like it's it's all the top all the top guys are qbs yeah yeah that's true but anyways all right so trey gave some love to uh some of the Mountain West. I'm going to give love to some little guy, another little guy, uh, Old Dominion linebacker, Jason Henderson. Uh, he's got 129 tackles so far this year through eight games, um, which means he's averaging just over 16 tackles per game. So if he keeps up this pace and for the last four games, he'll finish up with 193. And that would break the single season record of 191 set by Ooh. which linebacker? Was it, uh, I've got a few guys. Oh, Keekly or? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Luke Keekly. Oh, good. good call. Bravo. 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 Yep. Um, in 2011, he did that. Um, he's, he's, he had a 991. Do you know who is second place um, on that list? Okay. Is it, I'll give my, give us a couple guesses here. Um, Evan okay. Weaver? He was third on the list. Okay. How about EJ Henderson? 
It's, not, not, it's kind of a trick question because it's Luke Keekley again. Oh, well, but. come on. That's <laughs> oh, why? I, feel, I feel like I got it right then. <laughs> you did get it right. Yeah, yeah. But the the it's funny. The year where Keekley got second is he had 13 games, whereas his top year he only had 12. So, wow. It's a little interesting. Yeah, he had more. And then, so, anyways, but, uh, and the unfortunate thing for Henderson is he's probably only going to be playing 12 because Old Dominion's probably not going to make a bowl game. So, mm. uh, he's going to have to do it in 12. And he's on pace, man. Keep that same level. He's going to do it. So, that's, that's pretty darn good, like, for this guy. I mean, that's, that'd be a nice record for Old Dominion. Is that, a th- could we see in their last game of the season if they're close, just, the other defenders yeah. <laughs> just kind of funneling guys to him, yeah. you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> maybe the running back says, "Okay, I'll, I'll just yeah. run right at you." We got or maybe the, the status. Maybe the stat guy is like, uh, "Yeah, well, he was there. He was yeah, there, right? yeah, yeah." yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. That was I had not seen that, so yeah, good find. Yeah, he's he's there. Well, let's uh, let's talk about the playoff rankings. Of course, the committee came out with their rankings to. Much fanfare and uh, oh, man. a lot of tweets. So the top the seven has come out: Tennessee, Ohio State, Georgia, Clemson, Michigan, Alabama, and then TCU, the undefeated at seventh. I think overall, looking at the top twenty-five, pretty solid. I know that's maybe an unpopular thing to say, but in, in evaluating these rankings, I think the the first place people should look is strength of record because that's generally the metric that I think most closely aligns with. The committee's rankings as it should i think because i think it's easily the best metric to rank resumes uh two rankings i disagreed with though were i thought lsu was a bit too high at 10th uh, i'd have them closer to 15th their strength of record is 16th per espn strength of record is going to vary based on whatever you know uh projection system you're, you're looking at but um and then you know I, I also disagreed with tcu's ranking as it relates to clemson clemson's fourth TCU seventh I don't see the disparity there their strength of records are about even so that's my starting point so then what else is it in Clemson's resume that kind of gets that gap with TCU I looked at game control which I don't really care about but the committee does they're about the same strength of schedule which is already accounted for in strength of record but that's about the same if you look at the opponent adjusted efficiency metrics this season TCU's been a little better than than Clemson so it's it's hard for me to say. I'm purely speculating here. You never know, you know, what the exact reasons are for their rankings. It's hard to pin down one reason, but maybe it came down to the eye test. Maybe they just kind of think Clemson is better, which I I mean, I guess by power ratings and Vegas spreads, yes, Clemson would be favored over TCU, but I don't think that should matter because I mean, for a variety of reasons, but one is that the spreads incorporate prior expectations like any any good projection system or most projection systems at this point of the year have priors involved and that shouldn't matter for 2022 resume analysis yeah. anyway I've, I've been rambling so i'll, I'll, I'll shut up yeah nerd, I, it doesn't matter it, it's just yeah nerd. it doesn't matter it'll all play itself out i, I guess i was just surprised how lockstep it, it was with the a people i mean the top five were all the same but just in you know different order lsu at, at 10 is the biggest variance but only from 15th to 10th in the playoff rankings. But, um, you know, each of these teams up at the top, they have a four to five week audition. So many things will change and generally sort themselves out. So like, if you think Clemson is overrated, they, they can prove it this week. Maybe they'll lose at Notre Dame, um, or, or whenever Michigan, they've had a very soft schedule. And even though the eye test might put them higher than Clemson, 
I can kind of see why the committee put him there for now. And um, but I think there, if I was to point at one team that that might be um, a little anxious, it's one you brought up, Michael, and that's TCU. Yeah. They've beaten four ranked teams. They still fall seventh. I, so I'm not saying they're going to win out because they're an underdog to do so. But if they do, they don't really have a game-changing win remaining. So they might need a little bit of help in front of them if they do win out. Yeah, and I think even if they win out, I think there's a really good chance they get in. Yeah, obviously, it depends a little bit if if everything goes wrong for them ahead of them. But uh, but it would, I think there's like a, a somewhat decent chance that, that, that even, they don't make it. Yeah, even undefeated. I even so undefeated. tell me what's what's like. I haven't run well, through the scenarios, but I'm. I mean, I'm just thinking. You've got Georgia, Tennessee, Alabama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, mm-hmm. if one of those, those have one loss, you, you I, think I, you at this, you think maybe two of those get in. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Maybe, and then you've got Clemson, who's going to be favored here. I mean, that, I'm not saying they're going to go unbeaten. Ohio State, and then the Ohio State, Michigan. Like, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. There, it's not. Uh, no, it's possible. It's not a sure thing. It, that's true. It's possible. But I think where, where they're ranking, to me, where I first go to is, well, if they're a one-loss conference champ, then they're in a really tough spot. Like that... TCU? The, who, TCU? TCU, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's oh no they, got they, no I, they, well, they got no shot. They got no shot. Yeah, it's very... It, so I think that this ranking kind yeah. of... I wouldn't say no shot, but yeah, I, I would say it's very tough. Uh, no but yeah, shot. I think this ranking kind of tells us that, right? Like if they had come oh, and they yeah. were fourth in this ranking, then it's like, okay, maybe they could be the one-loss conference yeah. champ that gets in right but, uh it, it will be very tough right given where they're at right now oh for sure yeah and still got to toss in like oregon i won you know with yeah, a, right. one oregon, loss oregon USC. or usc yeah. like i'd rather I, maybe i'd rather see one loss oregon over uh, uh tcu they're only mm-hmm. lost to georgia you know so that they'd be hard to say no to um but you kind of mentioned this mike and i like on a in our in our discord but you know, head to head isn't like everything and there's, you know, how you look isn't everything and how this game is flowing isn't everything. There's just so many different factors to consider. So I see a lot of people just freaking out right now. Like I I really hate the head to head thing. Like, oh, X beat Y. And so Y is, you know, how come Y is ahead of B, X? You know, it's just stupid stuff like that. But you had a, uh, you responded on the discord and i actually kind of wanted to read it because i was like ah that's a pretty good response oh, but that, people got to pay yeah. for that ryan we can't be giving it out for free <laughs> these gems from me yeah. yeah keep that behind no yeah go ahead all right so michael wrote one of my biggest pet peeves is people parsing the rankings and acting as if there is one factor for team a being ahead of team b and saying well then how can team c be ahead of team d because that same factor favors team d it's inconsistent. Uh, I guarantee there is no way to order the rankings that would appear "quote unquote" consistent. They're considering several factors, and there is a vote of different people with different opinions weighing those factors in their own ways. So, you know, head to head, and road wins, and had injuries, and when yeah. the game was played, and whose defense. But it's just you can't just look at one thing. Yeah, and I don't want to be a total committee apologist, but I. I just adding on to that, I think people look at what the what, what's his name Boo Boo something. It's funny that his name is Boo, the the CFP committee yeah. chair this year. But he goes up there and he and they ask him questions and he says, "Oh, you know, Ohio State, I, you, you would like that they have a good offense and defense or what, whatever he says." And people take that and say, "Wow, the committee has 
Ohio State ranked here because of this. And then next week they said they have, you know, this school ranked here because of that and yada, yada. And it's like, he's up there just, there's a million factors that went into it. And he's just one guy. He can't speak for every single person in the room. I know that's what they, they have him do, but he's just up there naming a reason. It's not the sole reason they have someone yeah. right there. So saying, you know, parsing his words is, I think, kind of a fool's errand. Yeah. yeah. I'm I not think freaking the, out until like December 3rd or whenever they the final one is. I do think the committee relatively does a decent job, but it it is just, I don't like the idea of the committee. Just like, why are we relying on a group of people like, to decide this like why don't we have some sort of it needs to be some sort of system in place at this point isn't there a way there's got to be a better way well take the decision making out of it from like 10 people yeah you could have conference champions automatically get in and then i don't know i think i like the idea of having at larges you know i maybe you could craft a system Mm -hmm. that doesn't doesn't need it but uh but if you do i mean if you did have the system that were is kind of proposed right with the the 12 team playoff or is they is it just a done deal. I can't, I don't even know at this point anymore. But the uh, the twelve team was like a done deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the uh, at least they will be deciding teams that are they're not deciding the whole field, right? Like you can earn your way in objectively, right. and then yeah, at that's least better. There's a few subjective teams that get in. Bring back the BCS, right? 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 Kenny, Kenny, <laughs> our Patreon. He wants he wants the BCS back. I kind of nope. get it. I, you know, you want it, you don't want you want it to be proven in numbers rather than just like people a, hate it. PBCS, yeah, I, don't, so. I, 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 I am not in favor. <laughs> well, I don't. You can come up with yeah. a better system, maybe, but I get the idea. Like taking out of like a handful of people's opinions and just put it in numbers. All you right. should like that, Michael. You're a numbers guy. I mean, if you found the right number, if you could, if you could, here's what I would yeah. say: if you could get like a bunch of great uh, predictive ratings, not predictive. Well, yeah, you use the predictive ratings to make strength of record. And you could just kind of come up with some composite strength of record. I, I would, yeah, I might be in favor of that. I think that's the yeah, fairest way um, to evaluate resume, oh, evaluate yeah. resumes. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> okay, let's move on to <laughs> the trivia zone. Um, I'm going to ask you a trivia question here. Trivia. Doesn't matter what it is, you have answers. Zone. When you ask me those kind of questions, it really pisses me off. Trivia zone. So Wake Forest quarterback Sam Hartman had six turnovers in one quarter. Who was the last team to have six turnovers in one quarter? And who was their quarterback? (laughs) (laughs) I got to say Oklahoma State, Zach Robinson, and it was the Cotton Bowl. Wow. Mm. That was extra information I didn't even ask for. That is... Very it was well. Twenty one to seven. Twenty one to seven, I believe, was the final score. Yeah, and I so. think that's you're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I think it would be kind of funny if there was just at the end of each episode I quizzed you guys on things yeah, that on, someone like yeah, I said. In the episode. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I don't think it would go well. I do bad at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, someone pointed out I don't know, I feel like someone pointed out something in the Discord that I don't even remember saying. It's like, oh. And I can't even remember what they said, so not surprising. <laughs> anyway, let's like, get okay. to the real trivia here. Kansas State shut out Oklahoma State 48 nothing on Saturday. The win was the Wildcats' largest mar- margin of victory against a top 10 team in school history and the worst loss of Mike Gundy's career as a head coach. It marked the most lopsided shutout of a top 10 team since Notre Dame's 51-0 triumph over which school in 1966? Oh my goodness. Oh my gosh. 
top 10 team in 1966 Notre Dame? USC. Nailed it. USC. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I feel like the question huh. writer David here was just trying to get a dig at me. Oh, yeah. That yeah. one still stings. That 51 nothing in 66. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Rough How, one. Who could forget? Can't forget that. <laughs> Boston College lost to UConn for the first time ever on Saturday. The schools had faced off 14 times dating back to 1908, and Boston College held a held a 12-0 and 2 edge in the series. It was UConn's first win over a Power 5 opponent since the Huskies beat which ACC team in 2016? Oh, did they beat Syracuse? They did not. Hmm. Maybe they did, but not not most recently. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Pittsburgh? No. All right, I'm out of guesses, Ryan. <laughs> Virginia. There you go, Virginia. All right, oh, all right. Kurt Benkert right. was that quarterback that day. Next question. Auburn. He got good. He got good. Yeah, yeah. No, he he, he was good. Auburn fired Brian Harson just eight games into his second season as head coach. Harson finished his brief coaching career at Auburn with a record of nine and twelve, the fewest wins from a coach since Earl Brown, who only won three games from nineteen forty eight to nineteen fifty. Before Harson, five consecutive Auburn coaches either led Auburn to an undefeated season or won a conference championship. Can you name these five head coaches? Gus Malzahn. There is one. He was the 2013 yeah. Chis- SEC champion. Ch- Gene Chizik. 2010 national um, champion. Tommy Tuberville. Tommy Tuberville. Tuberville. <laughs> I, like, I like to say Tuberville. <laughs> okay. I've said that in the past. Tuberville. 2004 where are you, where you undefeated season. SEC champ. Yeah. Cadillac Williams. That, yeah, that was good. This, um, now, now we're getting to pre- me caring about college football. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, this is a little history like lesson. Uh... uh so in 1993, oh. they had an undefeated season, but due to NCAA pro- oh, Tommy Bowden, Tommy Bowden oh, good probation, call. they were banned from TV and postseason play. Wow, banned from TV. Yeah, they were. I remember that. Well, I don't remember that, but I remember yeah. seeing the headlines later. Would you um, you think they were on YouTube, though? Maybe on, could they be on YouTube? That was 93. Um, well, does it go all the way back yeah. to Pat Dye? Pat Dye? There you go. Okay. Oh, very good. Four SEC championships. 83 and then 87 through 89. All right. Well, good job. That was together, impressive that you guys that. got all five. All right. I mean, you know, they're, they're well known, but you'd think you would forget. Yeah. It's harder than it seems when you're asked that type of question. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Let's get to our week 10 picks. Thank you for those questions. As always, David. Actually, he missed last week, so <laughs> don't thank him too much. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, life, life got in the way. And I was like, well, you're fired, David. We're not paying you anything. Prepared, prepared, You're doing two weeks in a row. Out of the goodness of your heart, but you know what? <laughs> Whatever. No, just kidding. Now he's never going to do it for us. Yeah, nice. no, I definitely. It was <laughs> just real low blow for me to even bring that up on the podcast. He was like, he was very apologetic. He's like, I'm sorry, I don't think I yeah. could get to it. And now I just trash him. <laughs> Week ten picks. Well, you know what? That's just payback for the USC question. Thursday, Ryan, True. we have uh, a good game in the Sun Belt. Yeah. We do. We do. All right, we got... <laughs> that has the look of a guy who did not prepare for this game. No, I did. I did. I did. I got it. App State, their favored three at Coastal Carolina. Uh, it's a good matchup of quarterbacks here. We got Chase Bryce uh, going up against Grayson McCall. They've combined for... Speaking of good quarterback play, we mentioned already, 41 touchdowns, just five picks combined. These guys have been great. Um, both teams have had a kind of a somewhat recent loss, so you just kind of scratch your head and... 
like it just doesn't seem to make sense. They're they're better than what they've showed in those games. So I'm tossing those games aside. Um, I'm going with the Mountaineers uh, of App State. Their their defense seems to be playing better, especially the last couple of weeks. They've been running it more effectively. Cameron Peoples had a good game um, a couple of weeks back, and I right now I just see them as the clear better team. I'm I'm not sure uh, Grayson McCall and that offense is quite firing on all cylinders. I, I give the edge to App State. All right, moving on to Friday night. I love a good Friday night game, and we got one. O- Oregon State at Washington. Washington's favorite four and a half. Uh, the Beavers have won three in a row. Uh, they've been without Chance Nolan due to a neck injury. Jonathan Smith said Nolan has been limited in practice this week and indicated that f- the freshman Ben Goldbrinson will most likely continue to start this week. But he's been pretty good, even though they haven't asked a ton of him, especially since they've leaned on on Damian Martinez and the ground game. But I'm going to take the four and a half with the Beavers. The Huskies offense has been outstanding with Penix, but the defense has been a little leaky. After losing to UCLA and Arizona State, they gave up 39 to Arizona, who put up over 500 yards. Last week, they were in a tussle with the down Cal team. So I could see Smith's Beavers uh, scoring and at least keeping it close. Okay, let's go to Saturday. And guys, we we have a tradition here or just a routine that before each episode, we go through the point spreads and make sure we're all on the same page. No, it's true. We did not do that. So we'll have to do that live here. We got Texas Tech at TCU. um, And I have the point spread right here as anywhere (laughs) from eight and a half to nine and a half. So mm. we'll go in between. I'll just be fair there. It's just you, Michael. So this one's all well, it's yours. Just I know. You, I'm the, so go for I'm it. The only one. Yeah, well, all right. Then I'll, I'll be nice to myself. I see Bookmaker yeah. has minus eight and a half. That's the line. <laughs> Probably tells you who I'm going with. So yep. TCU trying to get to nine and oh. And I think they will. Surprise, surprise. Texas, Texas Tech's defense has, has been improved this year, but this is going to be the best offense they've faced. I think TCU will continue to put up a ton of points. And I'm not trusting Texas Tech to keep up with with the way their no. offensive line has been playing. Baron Morton was under a ton of pressure last week against Baylor and had a really bad game. We'll see if they stick with him or if they go back to Shuck or Smith. But either way, I, I'm taking TCU. I'm only laying eight and a half. Thank you, bookmaker. Wow. Good old not, bookmaker. I don't even have access. Well, I could sign up for an account, but I feel like it's kind of kind of a chump move to, to, to quote the line of a book I can't even bet at, but you know what? Who cares? Hey, well, you know, that's what most people do, so it's okay. No, not a lot of us are signed up for multiple book sites. You are, but... A few. I'm a, yeah, yeah. All right, uh, next game, we got Tennessee. Oh, I mean, this is the biggest game here. We got Tennessee at Georgia. I have Georgia minus eight. I don't know if you guys yep. are feeling different but pretty much across yep, most georgia of minus now, eight but. so trey what do you what do you think yeah just a lot of questions for me here uh you know for the vols does their role end i mean four of the last five have been against ranked teams you know do all the big games end up catching up to them and then on the other side is georgia have they proved anything other than dominating lesser competition so i don't know i'm, I'm gonna ride the vol wave here only because i'm still curious on on truly how good georgia is given their you know, somewhat soft schedule to date. Not saying that Tennessee is going to beat Georgia straight up, but I think they can cover. If Tennessee and Hooker continue to move the ball, you know, will Stetson Bennett and Georgia be able to match strides or, or do enough to win by two scores in this case? Uh, the Vols, I mean, Ryan, you alluded to it earlier. They just put up 44 on a good Kentucky defense, 52 against Bama, and the defense has, has turned a corner. 
Um, I know it's a lot to go into Athens and play the defending champs, but Tennessee has to be the most confident team in America right now. I know Georgia's going to be amped, have a chip on their shoulder to prove that they should be number one. Either way, should be an awesome atmosphere between the hedges. Yeah, this this is going to be an incredible game, so I just want to see a good game here. But uh, for my pick, I'm going to take the points with this Tennessee offense as well. We saw them light up a really good Alabama defense. I know Georgia's is is better, but I, don't know, I, I still think they'll be able to score. Cedric Tillman came back from injury last week, so maybe he's closer to 100% at receiver to, to pair with, with Jalen Hyatt. And I know Tennessee only put up 17 points in this matchup last year, but the Tennessee offense has improved, and Georgia's defense, while still great, is of course not. Yeah, they're not the same. Not as elite as last year. Plus, Georgia just lost their team leader in sacks, Nolan Smith. So that yeah. that's a big loss um, for a team that it's not like they have an elite pass rush anyway. So I think Hendon Hooker should, you know, not be under a, a ton of duress. I think Tennessee keeps a close game, and even if they don't, back door could be open. Sure could. You know, in this game, I, I like to reference their, like a basketball saying, you know, a good offense beats good defense. And that's when I got to go with Tennessee. Sometimes you just, no matter how good your defense is, just you can, you can beat it just by how good that offense is. You can place the ball in a spot where it's just only the receiver can get it. Henry Hooker's been that good. Their offense has been that sharp. I don't see this not being a close game. I think Tennessee's going to be able to move the ball. I would be surprised if Georgia shut them down. So and, I, and on the flip side, I don't think Georgia is going to be able to, you know, just completely dominate Tennessee's defense. Tennessee's defense has been pretty darn good, so they're going to make it hard on them. See a close game. All right. Moving on to another fun SEC game, Alabama. I've got 13 and a half at LSU. Michael, lead us off. Yeah, LSU is is one of a, a few teams this year that it's just hard for me to determine how good they are. This, this season, I mean, you got Notre Dame is, is another one, Texas, Mississippi State. Those are the, the ones that, that came to mind for me. Uh, they had a couple of terrible performances against Auburn and Tennessee back-to-back. But since then, against Florida and Ole Miss, they've been great. I mean, Florida's defense has been bad, and, and Ole Miss has, has been bad lately. So I, you know, I think the LSU offense is going to come back to earth this week against, uh, of course, a much tougher opponent. But it's it's still it's it's hard for me to to lay a big number with Alabama on the road against a good team, given their results at Texas against A and M yeah. at Tennessee. Like I, it's just I, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna take the points with LSU. I did this probably for the Tennessee LSU game. I, I can't quite remember, but maybe I'm walking into another wood chipper there. But that's my pick. I'll go the other way. I'll take Alabama. Two two touchdowns is all we need here. If this was like if it was. 14, 14 and a half, I definitely would probably go LSU, but I think that's a, a an enticing number for Alabama for me. You kind of mentioned it, Mike. I know they've had some couple good wins recently, but I just, they're not Bama. <laughs> Florida and Ole Miss are not Bama's level. We saw, ten, Bama is right there with Tennessee, and as you mentioned, Tennessee just put a butt whooping on LSU a few weeks back. Just think it's too much to ask right now from Brian Kelly um, to, to really, in his first year, to hang with with Nick Saban and, and the Crimson Tide. I just don't see them there yet. Maybe on their way, but I think just too much will fall on the shoulders of Jaden Daniels. Um, and I think he's going to inevitably make some mistakes. And I think Bama will just capitalize. And I think they'll win pretty easily. All right, I'll go back. I'm going to go with LSU. I do agree. They might make Jaden Daniels, um, you know, make him just beat them in the pocket. But he's proven to be a, a, an outstanding runner. Maybe he can overcome that. 
and I just think LSU has improved this year. They're playing with confidence. Tiger Stadium at night should be electric. I'm actually going to make LSU my lock of the week. Oh, boy. All right. Mm. Next game we have is Texas at Kansas State. Point spread I'm seeing is between two and a half and three. Um, so two and a half is good pick. for me. All right. So there you go. Ryan went first. So two and a half it is. <laughs> Actually, no. Three is good for me. Sorry. Oh, you <laughs> okay. Texas well, three it is. <laughs> three three all right sorry forgot for a moment who i took uh all right no um yeah so plus three all right uh this game man kind of proof that the transitive property doesn't work in 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 sports uh both these teams their last game was against oklahoma state uh last week kansas state beat them 48 nothing week before that texas lost to that team but texas is favored here right (laughs) it's just like doesn't make sense, right? It's like, why is that? Why, what's going on here? Um, I don't necessarily follow that type of logic. I know it, ch- it changes from game to the game, but I'm actually going to follow it this time. Just, I, I think I'm going to follow the logic, at least on that. And I'm taking K-State. I, I think those teams, I just do not see a huge separation between Texas and K-State. I think they're very close overall, just looking at their whole kind of season, and at least by my eye test. But, you know, this line suggests that Texas is at least about five points better better than kansas state and i got a hard time seeing that uh especially with will howard kind of kick-starting that offense after taking over for adrian martinez so k-state plus three take it yeah i'm going with k-state as well i'm maybe a little skewed by uh that dominant shutout of oklahoma state but and i know that texas is better than their five and three record the computers absolutely love them but i just i'm gonna take the home team from the little apple um i just like i like the team's attitude their moxie the defense has been strong uh, we, they obviously probably win the game at unbeaten TCU if Martinez and Howard don't go down. Um, and and last we saw Texas, Quinn Ewers had a poor game in Stillwater, throwing picks and a loss. Now he's got to fend off one of the best pass rushers that pass rushers in the nation, Felix and Yadike Uzama. I want to make Texas validate their metric rating and do something they haven't done well, and that's win on the road. Okay, I will go the other way. I'll I'll take Texas coming off a bye. Had a couple weeks for Quitkowski and Patterson to prepare for this K-State offense. And this, I mean, not that that's the side of the ball that is uh, their strong suit, but this Texas defense has been really good against the run. So I think maybe it's just a bad matchup for, for Kansas State's offense. Oh, you don't know Deuce Vaughn. I mean, I, I know him. I know him. <laughs> I heard of him. Yeah, no, no. All right, fair enough. Uh, moving on, next game, we got uh, Clemson. I have them favored three and a half at Notre Dame. Yep. I'm going to sound like a brokered, broken record, but you know, if you have a gauge or read on Notre Dame each week, then then you're lying. That kind of yeah. leads to your point earlier, Mike. I mean, sometimes they show up, sometimes they lay an egg. I'm hoping I catch them on a, on a good week since I'm taking them at home here. You know, Obviously, it's a game they'll get up for, night game against unbeaten Clemson. I like how the Irish took care of Syracuse handily in the Dome last week. Their defense forced Schrader out of the game. Brandon Joseph had a nice pick six to start it. Um, I see a lower scoring game. Both run defenses are pretty stout. Um, I, you know, I will say I think Clemson is a little bit better than people maybe are giving them credit for, but here's their chance to prove it. DJ Uyungle had a poor performance last time out. Maybe his confidence is rattled. You know, To be fair, Drew Pine has been fairly average the last few weeks, so Whoever wins that quarterback battle will probably win this game. 
But since it's most likely a lower sco- scoring game, I'm going to take the three and a half at home. Okay, I'm I'm going to take Clemson. I'll go the other way, coming off a bye. I, if if both teams play well, then this feels like a good spread. But if Notre Dame turns in a clunker like they did against Stanford and Marshall, yeah, then I think Clemson has the potential to win easy. So the the offensive line has been better for Notre Dame lately. It started off the season really rough, but against Clemson's defensive line, I think they could struggle. And that means the game is on the shoulders of Drew Pine, who, like you said, it was weird. He when he first took over, it's like, wow, he's putting up some good numbers and playing pretty well. But yeah, it has come back down to earth and he's been really struggling. So I uh, I like Clemson and I want to make them my lock of the week. I'm going nice. with Trey. Just same reasons. I expect a low scoring game. Don't think Clemson's going to be able to kind of separate themselves from the Irish. So I'll, I'll ride with Trey and take Notre Dame home dog. By the way, last week when I, I said I'd look dumb if my AM lock didn't come in, it it, it didn't come in. Dang. Uh, you're dumb. Half my point. Illinois Half one point, did. Though. It was close. I should have just lied and, and made up a, a you know some random sports book that, that had a plus three. Yeah, playwithtray.com. Playwithtray.com at three and a half. <laughs> yes. <It> did. <laughs> uh, everybody wins at play, <laughs> playwithtray.com. All right. Uh <laughs> Florida State is favored seven and a half at Miami. This used to be one of my favorite games to watch back in the day. The intensity was unmatched. The talent was incredible. Now they're just both 500 in conference and and unranked. We don't know if Tyler Van Dyke will be back this week. Uh, I hate giving this many points on the road in a rivalry like this, but I'm having a hard time taking a Miami team that was lucky to beat Virginia in four overtimes, only scoring 14 points. They got thrashed by Duke and Middle Tennessee before that. And Florida State, they've been a little unlucky in their losses, but all against solid ranked teams. Jordan Travis is playing well. He and the offense have confidence. They just put up over 600 yards against Georgia Tech last week. I'm going to take the Knolls. Their offense might be too much for the Canes. Okay, next up, Wake Forest at NC State. Updated point spread there. (laughs) Way to be on top of it, Mike. Thank you. Thank you. I'm seeing... Minus four for Wake Forest. Um, I do not like the way that NC State has been playing since Devin Leary went down at no. quarterback. I know MG, MJ Morris, the true freshman, came in and led a great comeback uh, against Virginia Tech last week, but I'm not going to overreact to one game where kind of he, he comes in and the, the, hey. the opposing team isn't isn't ready, isn't prepared for him. Um, and I'm also not going to overreact to six turnovers in one quarter for Sam Hartman. I think yeah. he'll have a bounce back game i'm I'm laying the points with wake all right fair enough uh last game we got guys ucla um they are favored 10 and a half at arizona state um this one's just me so i gotta i gotta keep riding the ucla bandwagon this year not sure chip kelly is gonna have a better squad at ucla than he does this year they they're gonna lose quite a bit after this season and hasn't been he hasn't been recruiting on the a great level but this team's playing very very well um, they beat Washington and Utah. Uh, they destroyed Stanford last week. So I, I don't. I just don't see ASU being able to slow down the Bruins' high-powered offense. DTR um, and Charbonnet have been awesome in the backfield for them, and their defense has been improved. They're run. They're stopping the run pretty decent. So uh, yeah, I take the Bruins, and I'm going to make them my luck. Okay, let's end this episode with a questionable finish. Liberty head coach Hugh Freeze makes his return to Ole Miss this weekend to take on Lane Kiffin and the Rebels. 
Winner of the game is Auburn's next head coach. Would you take that deal if you were an Auburn fan? I Lane Kiffin is favored to win this game. So, I mean, that would be mean Lane Kiffin is your favorite to win to be your head coach. I would 100% take that. Yep. Two touchdown favorite. I would uh, take my yeah. chances there. I know Hugh Freeze as a coach is is very good. You know, you'd be fine with him, but I I, yeah. I would not be fine for other reasons. But uh, I'll take my chances <laughs> with Lane. Yes. Yeah. Freeze or Kiffin, you know your floor is pretty high, so I like it. All right, from a post on Reddit, I got this question. You can guarantee the outcome of one remaining game this season not involving your own team. Not that you would give a crap about it, what Nebraska does in the next yeah. few weeks. Whatever, it doesn't matter. What do you choose? There's some late-season games that could cause chaos for the committee, but I, I'm just I'm going to avoid that right now. I'm going to say Ole Miss beats Alabama next week, and all of a sudden, they would have a real chance to win the West and not only that, Lane would have some great quote about rat poison and Saban or something. That would be pretty epic. That That's a good one. I'm going to choose uh, TCU winning at Texas also, I believe, next week. Um, this TCU team is right up there with Tennessee uh, as far as the, the most fun stories of the season. And so for me, you give them that win. That's their toughest game remaining. They're likely to be an underdog unless, you know, there's some unexpected results this weekend. So... That gives them a shot at the playoff. I know it's not a guarantee if they go undefeated, they'll get yeah, in the playoff, no. but I think they would. All right. Um, I'm going to say that I'm going to go to the biggest game this weekend. Uh, Tennessee. I want I want to guarantee that Tennessee beats Georgia because I kind of want to see the, the, the scenario where we have three one-loss teams. So Tennessee beats Georgia. The Georgia finish, wins out, finishes 11-1. Tennessee wins out, and, except they lose in the SEC title game to Bama. So you got... Three one-loss SEC teams, Georgia, Tennessee, and Bama. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? <laughs> they all beat each other. There is I definitely mean, a scenario like, where all three get in. It would take some help, but that. Bama would be in at that point, right? I guess Georgia would have to be left out. They would probably be third fiddle at that point, but. I wasn't paying attention to your exact scenario, to be honest. So, so George. Yeah, so, I'm, I agree with Ryan, okay. but a lot of scenarios to Georgia's 11-1. and one. Yeah. Tennessee and Bama meet in the title game. Bama beats them in that rematch. So they all have one loss. Yeah. But Tennessee and Alabama are both 12 and 1. Georgia's 11 and 1 without it even right. making yeah. the title game. Georgia is so. obviously the team that is the question mark. Would they make it? Yeah, it depends on yeah. other snares, but they might. Oh, man. It'd be hard. Their only loss would be to the number one team. Well, and they murdered to, Oregon. They beat so Oregon. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. 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 It would Tough. depend. But uh, we talked about that in then the TCU Discord screwed. a little bit. Let me just plug TCU's our... TCU screwed? Oh yeah, well, yeah. Patreon.com slash college football bros if you would like to discuss playoff scenarios in the Discord with us. Yes. Okay, last question. We got to pick an upset special, a seven-plus point underdog to win outright. I hit UConn last week over Boston College. This week... Boom. They scored like three points, right? It was Boston College only scored three points, right? Was that the final? I, I, yeah, it was very low. I don't remember the final score. <laughs> so bad. Yeah, they are... Yeah, extremely bad. They've had some... Their offensive line is horrendous. Uh, this week, I am taking James Madison to win at Louisville as a 7.5-point underdog. Their defense has been great. I think they can shut down Louisville's offense. Not sure about uh, James Madison's offense because Todd Santeo at quarterback was 
was out. Um, that was a couple weeks ago. They've had a bye, so maybe he can because he warmed up for that game. So it's possible he's back this week, and that would uh, that would be very good for for my upset special pick. All right, I'm gonna take Vanderbilt getting seven, hosting South Carolina. Pretty pretty gross, but I don't think South Carolina is all that good. Um, they just lost 23-10 to Mizzou at home. Spencer Rattler hasn't been good. I know Vandy stinks, but they're not completely incompetent this year. I also actually, this isn't to go along with upset. I have a bonus lock. Whoa. The the Breeders' Cup is oh, this week. Flight line. And in the classic, in the classic, mm. one of the best yes. horses we've ever seen run, number four, Flight Line. You're not going to make any money betting. He's three to five morning line. Pretty strong field. But if he dominates like he has every other race, this could be the t- one of the top horses of all time. If you want to see it, YouTube the 2022 Pacific Classic, or, or really any of his races. Any of his races. It's pretty impressive. He's, he's on pace Malibu. to be the greatest horse of all time. It's yes. it's pretty amazing. I mean, it's this is Saturday, like, Saturday afternoon. Watch it. I, yeah, yeah I would. We're gonna be talking about this horse like Secretariat. You know. Yeah. We'll see. We'll, well see, what we'll he does see. Yeah, the, if he wins. The, if he wins. Yeah, yeah, if he wins. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm excited for that. All right. Um, we got uh, Tennessee. I'm going all over Tennessee today, but uh, they're getting eight at Georgia. You can tell me I'm, I can pick the number one team in the country as an underdog in this pick. I got to take it. All right. That'll do it for this week's episode of the horse racing bros be sure to that's right check out our youtube channel uh give the podcast a five-star rating on apple and spotify and we will talk to you next week you've been listening to the college football bros if you have any questions for the next podcast email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com to keep up with the brothers on social media like them on facebook at college football bros Follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros. And for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.